Good morning, everyone. Thank you for joining us today, uh, this Sunday morning. Our scripture comes from Matthew chapter 22, verses 41 through 46. Matthew chapter 22, verses 40, 41 through 36. And before we go to our sermon, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Lord, I thank you once again for this day that you have given us, Father. I pray your hand be upon each and every one of us, Father. Guide us and lead us, Lord. Guide us and be with us. I pray that you be with the listener, Lord. I pray your hand be upon them. Watch over and guide and lead them, Lord. Guide and be with them, Father. I pray you continue to uh, lead us into your word this day, Father. Give us an understanding. Give us clarity, Lord. Open our eyes and our mind to uh, what you would have us to understand, Father. Guide and lead each and every one of us, Lord, that you would use me, Lord, this day. Use me to speak your word, Father. I ask all these things in your Son, Jesus Christ's name I pray. Lord, let it be. Amen. Okay, so take your Bibles and turn to Matthew chapter 22, verses 41 through 46. And it reads, While the Pharisees were gathered together, Jesus asked them, What do you think about the Christ? Whose son is he? The son of David, they replied. He said to them, How is it then that David, speaking by the Spirit, calls him Lord? For he says, Lord, sit at my, uh, sit, the Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand until I put your enemies under your feet. If then David calls him Lord, how can he be his son? No one could say a word in reply. From that day on, no one dared to ask him any more questions. Amen. I've entitled this sermon, Who is the Christ? Jesus had been asked three questions and gave his answer to each. One about taxes, one about marriage, and the other one about the commandment. What is the greatest commandment? And he replied to each one. Now he finds an opportunity to ask a question of his own. His question was not meant to entrap the men, but to expose the men for their lack of belief. As a teacher, I asked my students to see if they understand the information that I give them, that the information that is taught. I ask them questions. You know, I ask them, do you understand? And they'll either give me a thumbs up or a thumbs down. And the purpose is not to get a right or wrong answer, it's, but it's just to see if they understand what has been taught. They, then there are times where I look for a right and wrong answer, but in the beginning, most of the time, I just check for understanding. If they understand it, then I can ask questions to get an, uh, a response which is right, a correct answer, or an incorrect answer. So I have to check first to see if they understand, and if they understand, then I'll ask another question to see if I can get a correct response from them. Here, Jesus is asking two questions. If they understand the first, they should understand the second. So in verse 41 and 42, Jesus here says the first question. While Jesus had the ear of the Pharisees that were gathered around him, he took the opportunity to ask them a question. Jesus had just answered Questions from the Pharisees, Sadducees, and the Herodians. Now he finds the opportunity to ask a question of his own. The question is, what do you think about the Christ? Who is he? Whose son is he? 
And the Pharisees, with all their, you know, gloating and everything, their knowledge, uh, may have cracked a smile, a wise smile, at the asking of this question because they would know the correct understanding uh, of this question. They would understand the, the response. They know the exact response to give. And I'm sure they must have thought to themselves that we got this. There's no problem. There's no issue here. I understand this. And they should have gotten this question because it was an elementary question for the Pharisees. It was an elementary question at best. They should have gotten this question. It, it, it was there. They understood it. It was like asking a college graduate, what is two plus two? And they would say four. And so the Pharisees respond in knowing the answer, in knowing what, who the son is, says the son of David. That was the response. And they, they were correct. So they understood who the son was. They understood who the Christ was. The Christ was the son of David, would be his offspring. And they would know this because the scripture had revealed the information to them. So these Pharisees were uh, uh, students of the Bible. They understood what was going on. So in 2 Samuel chapter 7, verses 12 and 13, it makes this revelation known. And this is the, the prophet Samuel speaking to David. Samuel was given this revelation by God to reveal to King David. And it says in Samuel, 2 Samuel chapter 7, verses 12 and 13, When your days are over and you rest with your fathers, I will raise up your offspring to succeed you, who will come from your own body. I will establish his kingdom. He is the one who will build a house for my name, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever." Amen. And so they understand this Messiah or this Christ to come and he is in he would be a son of David and his throne would be established forever. And so this was the prophet Samuel relaying this to David. And so the Pharisees would know this, the Pharisees would understand this. And and so the Pharisees, knowing the scripture, give their response to, Je to, to Jesus. The Messiah, the Christ, is the son of David. Now Jesus knows that they have an understanding of the scripture, so then he can continue to the next question. So he, they, he, Jesus says, well, in his own thinking to himself, they understand the question, this first question. Now I can proceed to the next one. I can proceed to my next question that I have for them. Verse 43 through 45. How can this be? This portion is entitled, Jesus knew that the men standing before him were not prepared to understand his next question. But he asked them to show these men where they really stood with God. The scripture that Jesus uses um, for his question comes to us from Psalms chapter 110, verse 1. The phrase, the Lord said to my Lord, and I'm going to stop right there. This is what Jesus was focusing on. If the phrase was, the Lord said to, said to my son, they would understand that. But the scripture does not say that. It says, the Lord said to my Lord. 
So then the question comes up, how is it that he is, meaning the one to come after David, how is he both Lord and son at the same time? And these men were perplexed by the question. They were perplexed and they could not <clears throat> answer this question uh, in this time. And Jesus wanted these men to have clarity about the scripture and what David meant. David, filled with the, with the Spirit of God, knew that his offspring would both be divine and human, would be of God and in human form. So then the phrase, the Lord, meaning God, said to my Lord, meaning my master, David knew that his son or offspring was both human and divine and would be at the right hand of God. And only the son of God would sit at the right hand of God. So David knew that his offspring would be sit at the right hand of God. But David also knew that this, this his uh the son of in his lineage would be his master as well. And so he uses this. David knew this and David understood it because he had the spirit of God dwelling with him to open his eyes and give him clarity. And we know that Jesus is both divine and human, and he is also the, the offspring of David, but he is solidified in God. And we get that understanding from Revelation chapter 16. It says this, uh, excuse me, Revelation chapter 22, verse 16. I, Jesus, have sent my angels to give you this testimony for the churches. I am the root, the foundation, and I am the offspring of David and the bright morning star. So he is either the, the root or the offspring. But, but Jesus says, I am both. I am the foundation and I am also the offspring of David. And so Jesus is both divine and human as the Messiah, the son of David, as the son of David. The people saw Jesus as the son of David. People in the community, people outside of the, the, the temple, people outside of the religious leaders, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, uh, people outside of that noticed something about Jesus Christ. They knew him to be divine. And they knew him to be human, to walk among them. In Matthew chapter 9, verse 27, we see, we read about these men, these two blind men. And so they want to be healed of their blindness and they cry out to Jesus. But they don't just say Jesus. They don't just say, hey, over here, come here, heal us. And it says in Matthew chapter 9, verse 27, as Jesus went from there, two blind men follow him, calling out, have mercy on us, son of David. These two men who could not see went to Jesus and gave him the proper greeting, gave him the proper, they gave him, they understood something about Jesus. They knew Jesus to be divine. When you refer to someone as the son of David, you are saying that in as the son of David, according to scripture in the Bible, you are talking about the Christ. You are talking about the Messiah. And so he has a divine aspect of that. But you also understand Jesus as someone walking the earth as human. And these two blind men 
understood that. These two blind men understood that Jesus was both divine and human. They addressed him as the son of David. And they said, have mercy on us. And they, they knew within his human aspects of, 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 the, of himself, meaning Jesus, he could use his divine power to heal them. And again, in Matthew chapter 15, verse 22, the community understands who Jesus is. A Canaanite woman from the vicinity came to him crying out, Lord, son of David, have mercy on me. My daughter is suffering terribly from demon possession. Now, this is one of the biggest testimonies against the Pharisees and all those that spoke against Jesus Christ. This woman, who would have no, would have little or no understanding of the Jewish history or teaching, because she was not Jewish, she was a Canaanite woman, was a Gentile woman outside of the, society, the Jewish society, which means she was, you know, not part of them and would not be part of the healing process. She calls out to Jesus and refers to him as the son of David. This Canaanite woman knew somehow the son of David, and she knew that the son of David to be a divine being, a godly being. But she also addressed Jesus as a human, knowing that because of his divineness, he could heal uh, her daughter. There is no way that this woman should know this. There's no way possible that this woman should know that Jesus Christ is, is divine, the son of David. But how was it? How is it that she knows this? Well, she was not blinded. She was not blinded by the law. She was not blinded by the teaching. She was not blinded by the traditions of the church. She was not uh, blinded by all the aspects of the do's and don'ts. She just saw Jesus for his divineness, for his godliness. And she could see for herself that Jesus was the Messiah. Amen. Now, why did... Why did Jesus ask this question? Why, what was the purpose of asking this question? We know that these, these three questions prior to this in chapter 22, the men were trying to entrap Jesus. They were trying to get Jesus to stumble. They were trying to get him to uh, uh, say something wrong. Was Jesus trying to get these men to say something wrong? Was he trying to confuse them? No, he wasn't. We must remember who these men are. They are the men that were, these Pharisees, they were the men that were in charge of the whole society of the Jewish nation. They were in charge of all the rules. They were the teachers of the laws. They knew every aspect of the law. And if they didn't understand this question, there was no way the people would understand it. Because they were the teachers. They were the ones that, that were teaching the rules and the regulations of the Jewish society. But praise the Lord, the Spirit 
came in. The Spirit indwelled of these people because we know, like our Scripture says in Matthew chapter 9 and chapter 15, that people were addressing Jesus as the Son of David. Amen. And so for you and I, as we look at this, Jesus wanted these men to understand something about himself, who he truly was. He wasn't just some uh, crazy guy preaching out there. He wasn't some just another prophet. He was the Messiah. He was the Christ. He is the Christ. He is the Messiah. And they had to make a decision about Jesus. Was he the Christ or was he not the Christ? Was he a man that was the offspring of David? The one anointed by God to do the will of God? Was he that man? They had to decide. Much in the same way, you and I have to decide for ourselves if Jesus is really the Christ or if Jesus is really the Messiah. And we have to look at it a little bit different. Is Jesus the one I want in charge of my life? Is Jesus the one I want to give it all up and follow him? And we fall right in line with these men in making that decisions. If these men accepted Jesus as the Christ or the Messiah, they would have to do away with all the traditions of the law and follow him. It was a matter of taking off the old self and putting on the new one, the new self. For you and I, are we willing to take off the old self and put on the new self in Jesus Christ? Are we willing to die to ourselves and to be alive in Christ? Like these Pharisees, they said, no, I am not willing to give up my traditions. I am not willing to give up the way I am living now to follow Jesus Christ. I am not willing to leave what I know for Jesus Christ. I'm not willing to take off the old self and put on a new self in Jesus Christ. I want to stay the way I am and do the things I'm doing. Live my life for me. You see, when we take off the old and we put on the new, what we're doing is we're dying to ourselves. We're taking our old self away, our own selfish ambitions, our own selfish thoughts, our own selfish ways, and we're putting them aside and we're saying, Jesus, I will follow you to the end of my days to do your will, to do what you would have me to do and put away all my stuff. Put away all my things. Leave that behind me and I will follow you. That's the decision. That's the decision we make in Jesus Christ. Am I going to fully do that? And it's not saying, uh, Jesus, you know, I'll follow you this far, but can I just, you know, I'll follow you this far and then I'll do my own thing and then when I really need you, I'll come back to you. No, it isn't. It's fully following Jesus Christ. And we have the word of God in both the Old and New Testament. And we can make our own choice. And that is the great thing about God. Praise the Lord. He lets you choose whether you want to follow 
God or not. He lets you choose whether you want to follow him or not. He doesn't force you to follow him. He doesn't force you to love him. That's done by us. Yes, Lord, I love you enough. I'm going to make the choice to love you, to love you enough to leave everything behind and follow you. Praise God. We can put up our defenses and fight with everything we have to avoid the truth of Jesus Christ. We fight, we fight, and we fight God all the time. When, you, when someone comes to speak to you about God, you, you throw it away and say, don't talk to me about that. You put up your defenses. You talk to people all the time who don't want to hear the word of God. Even people in the church. People in the church sometimes can't really handle the word of God. And they get upset. And what do they do? What is the first thing they, they, their response is? Oh, you're just preaching to me. All you, all you do is preach to me. Well, am I not a preacher? Who am I preaching to then? You know, so each one of us, you know, the word of God comes to us. The word of God is sharper than a double-edged sword. That's the, that, you know, as the Bible says, it cuts to the heart. Able to buy the, the soul and the spirit. That's how sharp it is. And so for us, we, we have to make that determination in our lives. Do we want to follow Christ? We have to make that, that choice for ourselves. We have to either accept the truth of Jesus Christ or not. And if we fight with everything we have and avoid the truth of Jesus Christ, what we do is we miss out on the salvation that comes from the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. We miss out on that salvation. That's why we talk about being saved. You need to be saved. Because when you are not saved, you are headed down a road of death to be separated from God for, from eternity. We accept that salvation. And we can accept the word of God and receive it as the truth that Jesus is the son of David. Amen. But also the Messiah sent by God to save his people. Amen. Glory to God. Do not fight against God. Do not put your defenses up against God. Accept what God has for you, my brothers and sisters. Accept for what Jesus Christ has for those of you that are not saved, for those of you that have not accepted. Accept that truth. Think and ponder it over. Jesus said it's like a man that's a king that's going to war. He weighs his options. Do I have enough men? Do I have enough arrows? Do I have enough... Uh, uh, camels to go up against this other king and if I don't I'm going to go and make some some sort of truce and so you think and you ponder Jesus wants you to make a conscious choice about following him not based on emotion not any an emotionally charged uh, 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 acceptance of Jesus Christ and when all the when all that is gone what happens? People begin to walk away. They drift away because they have not put any thought into following Jesus. 
They think it's going to be an easy road. It's going to be a road that is pay, that is that is winding up and down, rough in some places. And it's going to be difficult to travel at times. And you must understand that. So here we have it. Jesus is the son of David, being both divine and human. The Pharisees lacked that understanding. And Jesus wanted them to see that. Jesus wa wanted these men to understand who he was. He was both divine and human. But these men who were filled with pride, filled with selfishness, refused to take the truth of who Jesus Christ was or Jesus Christ is. Jesus came for the salvation of man to make him right, to put him in the right place with God. So I ask, who is Christ? Who is Jesus? That is a question we all have to answer at some point. Some will not accept Jesus and others will. Which one will you be? I encourage you, I encourage you to make that step to follow Jesus Christ, to make that step to follow him. It's not enough just to say, oh, I'm a Christian. You have to let your life show it. You have to let your life be that light where you are at. Amen. So I encourage you today, for those of you that are listening, think, ponder that. Let the spirit work in, within your life. Pray upon this and let us pray. Lord, I thank you once again for this day that you have given us, Father. I pray you continue to guide and be with each and every one of us. I pray that you be with the listener, Lord. I pray your hand be upon them, Lord. Watch over, guide, and be with them. Speak to their heart, Lord, that they may understand. Give us clarity, Father. Sometimes the word of God is difficult to understand. But, Lord, that we know through the Spirit, Lord, the teacher, Father, the 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 guidance that we can get, Father, to open our eyes and clear the cloud away, Father. Guide us and give us a new revelation into your word, Father. Give us the understanding, Father. Speak to each and every one of us, Lord, this day. I ask all these things, Father, in your Son, Jesus Christ's name, Lord. Let it be. Amen. May the Lord bless you this day. Go in peace. You are dismissed. Amen.